Hey y'all, welcome back for another episode. Um, I've recently been asked a few questions regarding meal prep, meal planning, um, or hunger and satiety, and I'm going to go ahead and address those in this episode. And Eileen and I went over kind of some tips and tricks for how to um, curb appetite and prevent overeating on Thanksgiving or, or during the holidays. Thanksgiving's coming up. So that's a previous episode that you can go back and listen to. Today, though, uh, there's two questions that were addressed. And I'm going to go ahead and, and, and go through those. Um, the first one is about... Uh, satisfying your appetite and uh, how to and so backstory on this <clears throat> typically whenever uh, clients or individuals will start a uh, workout resume or increase physical activity they will often have times where they would get hungrier or more hungry and um, that's usually because the body is understanding that, oh, hey, I need to, uh, I need to acquire more energy in order to continue to train or to continue to be this physically active. Um, and, uh, that's sometimes hard whenever you're training and you want to lose weight because the last thing you want to do is go in a surplus of calories, eat more calories than what you need. So what is my plan to satisfy hunger, continue to have energy while training, and what are the foods that I should eat and how should I eat? So all these are kind of questions and it sounds hard, but really it's simple. The first thing you need to know or first thing that you need to do is you, you need to find out what is your baseline calorie need? What do you what calories do you need in order to maintain your body weight now and keep your energy levels up? So that does require a little bit of effort. So that requires maybe going on some algorithms in the on the um, computer or on MyFitnessPal or like these apps and it'll ask you some questions and your physical activity level on a daily basis. And uh, it can give you a good rough estimate. Uh, so those are that kind of gives you a ballpark, and it'll give you calories um, because again, calories will dictate whether uh, you gain or lose weight. Ultimately, the calories going in, um, and that's just very layman terms for the average person. I'm not talking about competitors uh, right now. So not getting down to nitty gritty, but for the average person, calories matter calories in versus out. Um, from there, after getting that number, you can divide it down into macronutrients and that would be your fats, carbs, and protein. And that's how you can kind of figure out what foods to eat or what lifestyle you enjoy, um, your foods you're eating and we can make that work now that algorithm that you have just answered and gotten a, a calorie maintenance number sometimes that's not correct because everybody's body uh, uses energy differently or digests food differently uh, and stores energy differently right 
some people might be insulin resistant and so maybe they store more fat due to carbohydrates because of the spike in insulin and blood glucose um, and, and and that's reversible and that's okay but at the beginning uh, you the best way to use that number is, is to hit those calories that you just got for a week and then you can go by scale because that gives you a number so that's another quantitative measure and if it's going up that's too many calories for you if it's going down uh, then you're eating less calories if it's going down you continue to eat at that level of calories and if you continue to lose more weight more than a half a pound to a pound of body weight per week you're eating way too few calories uh, you'll also notice a drop in energy level as well so at that situation we would want to increase the calories the next week however if your weight was going up after that first week let's say it went up a half a pound or a pound of body weight uh, I would I would probably continue to uh, to eat at that calorie level for another week and again if it goes up then you're eating too much if it maintains then you kind of found your maintenance level the reason why i say that is because maybe the second week uh your body maintains whatever the half a pound of weight gain during the first week because of water retention uh, maybe it's due to the type of diet that you're eating so maybe you have some more carbohydrates that you're eating than you used to and that might be the reason why you gained that extra half a pound during that week and that's because every carbohydrate uh, will make you hold on to another like th three to four grams of um, uh, of water so every one gram of carb holds around three to four grams of water right so you'll add some water weight and uh, and you'll notice that if it's water weight after that first week if you continually kind of wake up and you're and you you lose that like you kind of look lighter um so you'll that'll be a, a predictor prediction of if it's water versus fat some people use the jiggle me method but uh if you have loose skin and you have water in your skin it's still going to jiggle uh so uh, i don't really um go by that and uh and when you weigh yourself um after implementing these calories during the week Weigh yourself consistently at the same time each day. So if it's going to be in the morning, weigh yourself in the morning. If it's going to be at night, weigh yourself at night. At night, you have to calculate that there is the variable of water, food, stress, things that affect your weight. So you will have some more weight on you. And again, also, if you haven't been regular in pooping every single day, usually people should be pooping at least once a day typically in the morning uh, I think is you normal um, up to three to four times a day I mean uh, four times you get an excessive three times I think is sweet spot um, but uh, so again weigh yourself at the same time every day because again we're trying to eliminate variables um, so now we got our calorie uh, we have our calorie number that we need to hit and we know that we need to weigh ourselves. So going back to the calorie uh, number, let's now look at within those calories, what are our macronutrients gonna be? So 
if you are going more toward performance and you want to perform well in the gym, perform well in your uh, activity or sport, uh, carbohydrates are your friend. Uh, carbohydrates will give you that energy and they are protein sparing, uh, which means the protein that you eat in your diet, it won't be used as energy uh, for through uh, converting itself to glucose through glucose neogenesis and uh, or used in some other way. And rather the... Um, the brain and the body will want to use carbohydrates and uh, carbs are not bad <laughs> again that they're going to be used for energy it's just the way that it is right okay um, so we can set up a you know like a so typically let me let me rephrase this so typically I like to go ahead and, and get my macronutrients uh, by setting my protein. My protein never changes. Your protein, I like to hit anywhere between 0.7 to one gram of protein per pound of body weight. Body weight, not lean muscle mass. So I, I go by body weight. Um, some people will go by lean muscle mass. You don't know what you have. DEXA scans are, are, are uncertain and skin full tests are laughable. And let's just go by body weight. So that's why 0.7 is typically a good idea because it you're, you're you're kind of undershooting your body weight and and maybe you'll you'll end up hitting your macro your your protein for your body mass or for your uh, muscle mass right sorry so set your protein so 0.7 grams to one gram of protein per pound of body weight next i like my fat to be 0.5 grams of fat so half a gram of fat per pound of body weight and then because i find that that i find that that is like a good spot for moderate fat but then also it keeps your hormone levels and your cns um and your brain function like your choline sources and your cholesterol uh, i believe it keeps that at a at a good level uh optimal level and and then the rest of it, the rest of the calories, I fill in with carbohydrates, right? So, um, so that that's how I do it. So the protein is always going to stay the same. My carbs and my fat will change. I like to have four days to where my carbohydrates are moderate to high. I like to have the other three days to where my fat is high and my carbs are pretty much like zero to very, very low, right? So, uh, for example, if, I, um, if I'm using this method, which I do, and I, let's say my high carb day, I am eating that four times a week and I'm usually going to stagger it two high carb days, one, and then following that, it's going to be a low carb day, and then two high carb days, and then two low carb days. And that's typically what I like to do. Okay. Do you, and then that's a good strategy for if you do enjoy food and you want to go out to eat or go out to a theme park or something, and. Uh, that, that gives you two days of high carb to where you can go and you can eat food and enjoy life during the weekends, right? Cool. So 
two high carb days, one low carb day, two high carb days, two low carb days, two, five. Okay. So that's seven. <laughs> and, uh, all right. So what does that mean in the macronutrients? So, all right. So my protein stays the same. So I'm trying to, so I will go with, uh, one. I, so typically I just round it. It's a little bit easier. 200 grams of protein. Okay. On my high carb days, I will aim for, uh, 400 grams of carbs. So that's to 400 grams of carbs to 600 grams of carbs. That's usually like my moderate to high carb day. And my fat, I usually have to keep around 50 to 60 grams of fat. That's usually like my ballpark. And that gives me room to where my carbohydrates on my high carb day, they're, I'm more likely to eat those depending on my energy level. So if my energy is low, it's okay to have a little bit more carbohydrates, but again, keep your fats low. And then if your carbohydrates are, are fairly high on the day, you might need to lower your protein a little bit. And again, it's fine because guess what? Carbohydrates are protein sparing. So it's okay. And again, it's not a, I don't really look at the, the diets as a day by day thing. It's more of a week. So I look at your kind of weekly macros. So if you're having enough protein, you know, five days out of the, the seven, then you're, you're golden. You know, um, you'll end up with a, a, a pretty high number of, of protein throughout the week. Um, but, uh, but we all, again, we're trying to make sure that we don't go over calories if we're trying to lose weight or that we do go over our maintenance calories if we're trying to gain weight. Um, on my high, on my low carb days, I, uh, with that same, uh, with that same diet plan to where I'm, my high carb day is, uh, 400 to 600 grams of carbs. My low carb day, I'm literally going to be zero to 75 grams of carbs. Uh, my fat, Typically, I want it. I'll be at like a hundred grams of fat, and then my protein again it stays the same. Two hundred grams of protein. It's okay if it's a lower calorie day because on some other day I might have more calories. I might, so it's what it's kind of like a it's a safety net for if you do spill over calories. So if you eat in a surplus on one day, um, because it is pretty easy to eat. A, a like 10,000 calories in a day if you're eating out. Let's say you eat out two places, um, you don't know what's in that food. And so you might as well go ahead and make yourself a safety net and have you know, two days or three days uh, during the week towards low carb, towards low calorie as well. So you're, it's okay if you don't hit your calorie need on those days because the other days on your high carb days, it might be a little bit easier to hit those calorie needs and then you might even go over. Uh, and that's why some people imp implement like a cheat day. Like, is it okay to, to go out to eat, um, you know, four days out of the week? No, probably not. Um, I wouldn't suggest it, but it's okay to go out to eat like one day out of the week or two days, right? Uh, I would prefer one day and it's okay to eat at parties. It's okay to eat at holidays, um, but you can set yourself up with the diet, um, for, uh, for success, right? You want to create that safety net of low calorie days um, and low carb days. The reason why with the low carbs on, on the low calorie days or low, low carb days, it's because it can help you become more insulin sensitive. And when we're insulin sensitive, we're able to use our nutrients better. We're, able, we're better able to partition them. And that can reduce belly fat, that can reduce visceral fat, and that can 
uh, help your your vascular health and um, it can help cognitive health it can reduce inflammation we really want all of that so typically if you eat something and you and you get inflamed and you hold a lot of water it might not be just it's probably not because of the high sodium it's probably because or more more realistically it's probably because of the sodium that's also being um oh, i'm trying to keep this like really simple um it's it's most likely just the insulin resistance so you're causing inflammation in the body the sugar it's not going where it needs to go insulin's not able to attach to the sugar and take it to where it needs to go so it's just inflaming the body inflaming uh your your skin your fat cells and then you'll get that puffy look it's not really because of the sodium sodium will go down if you sweat it goes out um so okay that's that so hopefully that was simple enough now with those days um with with all my diet days i never manipulate uh sodium never uh, the reason why is because as soon as you lower sodium, you might be messing up uh, aldosterone. You might be messing up some of your thyroid. Um, you want to have a steady level of sodium in your body. Let it regulate and let it get used to that. You're not going to retain water with a higher sodium. Um, you are. You're going to have. You're going to be fine with higher sodium. I see more problems with people who take sodium out of their diet uh, and then they start retaining more water. And that's because the body doesn't know how to regulate uh, or it loses like, it like loses its like um, ability to regulate sodium because it's it's trying to like relearn that, you know? It's kind of like if you, if, if you, if you rollerbladed or roller skated um, as a kid, you, you were good, right? You practiced. But if I were to give you that the pair of skates now and you haven't like roller skated in like 15 years, you're gonna be a little wonky, right? And so your body's gonna be the same thing. You're gonna be a little wonky um, regulating sodium. So it's okay if you have an increase of sodium, especially if you work out. If you work out, you might see an increase in weight because your body is now having to regulate sodium a little bit differently in the body. You have some inflammation because um, Working out does cause inflammation. Inflammation is good. Some that inflammation is good. You don't want to have it for a prolonged period of time. But uh, sudden acute inflammation due to arachidonic acid or just tearing down muscle is totally fine. Uh, that helps to build muscle. So, um, so that's uh, so that is pretty much how I would set up a diet. Okay, that's going to help you keep the energy and help either gain muscle along with a little bit of um, body weight, right? It's like bone tissue, water, fat. And, or you can go the approach of eating less calories and using that same method. And you can lose weight. If you're pretty new into the gym, you can gain some muscle and lose weight at the same time. Or if you're more experienced in the gym, you can lose body fat and retain muscle. So that, what, so these, this way of eating that, that I do and I implement with others is called carb cycling is like social media influencers like to say, it's very catchy. Um, but, uh, that's the way that I would do it. 
That's the simplest way. If you're a competitor or you're, um, you're in a sport, it can get a little bit more um, extensive. And that's where, uh, that's where people would pay for someone to help with diet plans and monitor that. And, um, but this is the easiest way for you to do it. High carb days, low carb days, mixed in the week, look at calories, not day by day, but week by week, look at your macronutrients week by week, keep protein the same and carbs are going to give you the energy that you need to perform in the gym. The better you perform in the gym, the harder you can work, then the, the more um, calories you're going to burn, the more uh, muscle you're going to build. Muscle is a very expensive tissue and so it requires more calories. And so that's why you see some muscle-bound guys or athletes, they, they eat a lot of food. Well, it's because they have a lot of muscle and certain, certain muscle types like fast twitch muscles, um, it's debatable, but some of them uh, may require a little bit more energy to maintain that same level of, of performance. Um, so that's why we would want to build as much muscle as possible. So that's why I'm a big advocate of using this diet alongside resistance training. It's going to be the best for you because it's going to allow you to keep your calories up. So um, so you can either recomp, uh, so like gain, you so well, I can go into that later. You can either recomp your body or you can lose weight, um, and maintain a high level of calories because the worst thing to do is to, is to go into your diet with, I'm going to lose weight. And so I'm going to do cardio and I'm going to eat less. Well, you're going to stress the body out. You're going to cause inflammation in the body. You're going to cause insulin uh, resistance. You're going to um, cause cortisol spikes. Your body's going to retain um, fat due to these less calories because it's going to think that it, it's not going to get these calories. And so it needs to restore some sort of energy. And so, um, so that's why I say do the, do the route of building muscle through resistance training. It's going to allow you to be able to eat more calories and not gain the weight. So the more muscle we have, the more we are able to eat. And then, so let's say that we build muscle, right? So every, let's say, you know, for my women clients, you build muscle in at that very beginning or some stages, you're going to put on some body fat. You're going to put on extra water, but that's totally fine because now yeah, 10 months, 12 months from now. So next year, when we start cutting, when we start losing body fat, you're going to be able to have a higher calorie maintenance uh, than you did before. So before your calorie maintenance was 2000 calories. Well, now your calorie maintenance is 2,700 calories. You know how much more food you can enjoy at 700 calories more while you're dieting? I mean, that's really what you want. That's optimal. That is, that will make you happy while dieting. So some of these athletes, you're like, how the crap are they like so full of energy or happy while dieting? I feel lethargic and tired. It, that's it. They have this expensive muscle tissue. They are probably carb cycling and they're having success in maintaining lean body fat and having a good amount of muscle. And, and there's so many other reasons why we need to have lean muscle mass and to continually reach for that, to always train for that. It's something that we need to preserve as we age. Um, and it's not gonna be with us 
for a very long time unless we train at it hard every single day. Um, that's it for this episode. The next episode, I am going to talk about foods to implement um, so that you can um, so you can satiate yourself and um, and hit those calorie goals, right? That's really what we want. So I'm going to go over that like pretty much meal prep. Okay, that's what it's going to be. Meal prep is going to be the next episode and how I do it for people, um, for some of my clients. All right, later guys.